Welcome to Overboost 31. Overboost is a podcast interview series featuring discussions with speedrunners about their history in speedrunning and gaming and the runs they're passionate about. I am your host, PMC Trilogy, and with me today is Retro Brando. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. Of course. It's my pleasure. I'm glad to be here. Now I, you know, I, I I forget if you if you remember this, but we I think met very briefly at GDQX. Do you recall that? Uh, GDQX. So that was the oh, 2019. Uh, whole, sorry, 2019 specifically 2019. 29. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that whole that whole weekend was kind of you know so much is going on in mm-hmm. such a big event, and then uh, I think yeah that event I ran flashback and jurassic park so right. sometimes i got so much going on i'm occupied with uh you know the runs itself and then meeting a bunch of new people but i think i i think maybe i do remember meeting you was it in the gdq section where right it was I, I it was most in the practice you, area yeah exactly yeah you know what i think i do remember that was do you remember what was i practicing at the time or do you remember I say you were you were doing maybe uh, Jurassic Park. I thought. Um, I mean, I was very focused on the time on, on you. Know, I was my first run. When, you know, I was doing Shogo, so I was very much focused on my stuff. I had blinders on. Oh probably. yeah, so there's so much yeah. going on. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think in both cases, yeah, I think we briefly do kind of remember it. Yeah. So I the, just, I, yeah, I just like to think I was practicing. Yeah. <laughs> well, the reason I bring it up is because I I think after that, at some point, you know, I I remember you just uh, Brando, and, and I think I followed you. And then, like a like a month ago, I'm looking at my Twitter feed. I see this person tweeting named Retro Brando, and I was like, "Who is this?" And then eventually, I, I looked at your Twitter feed. And I was like, "Oh, of course, this is you know the, the Brando that I met at at GDQX, who I later followed." And so, I wanted to get the story of the rebrand. Um. Well, if you need to pass on that, if that's a, if there's a reason for that, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, as much as I love Hall and Oates, man, they were, they, they were, they were constantly contacting me. <laughs> they, they, they did, yeah, they did not, they were not happy with me. And constant emails every night. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, it was completely <laughs> fine. I just think with the name, I had mm. it for such a long time. And no, I mean, I'm pretty much an open book about these kind of things. Uh, you know, not to go on too long about it. But to be lightly specific about it, yeah, I think it just, the name was all right. It worked for the time. I had it since I was like maybe 16 years old. But I think it was more of the case of like having something that really kind of stands out, something that people can remember, something that's kind of catchy, something, I think a name that can describe what you do, you know, define who you are as a streamer, you know, to go with the personality. And I love retro games. And, you know, ever since I was younger, uh, I was always nicknamed, you know, people would always call me Brando. It's a rarity to be called Brandon, so Brando is the more common thing. So I kind of just put the two and two together, and, you know, there was just more times where my name was probably pronounced incorrectly, and that's okay, too. It was kind of a confusing name. I used to be called, like, Brando Oates, uh, Brando Oates, and then there'd be a lot of oat strokes, like, you eating your oatmeal today, like, O-A-T, and I'm like... They probably think I'm misspelling oatmeal because I had this like E in the end. So basically that name was in short, like, yeah, an 80s reference just because I love the 80s. But retro brand, it can be it can define so much. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. it's retro stuff. It can mean old school. It, 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 that word can be used for many different things. And I think it's a better way to describe who I am you know, as a person and as a streamer. No, that's so. a really good answer. I mean, I, I it it is tighter, and I think names were 
even though it seems weird to say it, but I think the, mm-hmm. the point you brought up about ambiguity in like, what are the words at play here? How do I say them? That is in a fundamental way off putting. You hate to think about it that way, but I, I think that you absolutely do bring up a, a great point. And no one's confused about Retro Brando, right? Like, yeah, you see that. people get the general idea. And then, you know, most of it was, uh, you know, it was all positive feedback. You know, it's a big change. So it's like one of those things. It's like, it was big for me and most of the uh i've discussed it with people like you know at events and stuff privately because you don't want to mention it too much when you're live streaming because there could be some like somebody in there be like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna take that name, <laughs> take I'm that gonna, name. That, i know exactly what i'm gonna do um so it was more like a lot of the people that i'm close with on twitch they were just like dude it's about time like what were you doing and it's just crazy because as soon as i changed my name it's like the universe was like the same reaction. It's about time, dude. Here's two games into uh, GDQ, mm-hmm. you know, and all this stuff started happening. It's just, it, it, I feel like the old name just, there was so much going on with it. There's a bit, you know, it's just, it, it, when you have something for so long, like, there's just such a background to it. And I just wanted a fresh start. And, you know, as soon as I changed it, it's just been nothing but positivity, you know, and I'm just happy with how it turned out, you know, because well, you that, never know. This yeah. is always a gamble. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Sure. sure. Well, on that note, too, I, I wanted to highlight, I, I usually start these off with, with current events, and I know the other thing uh, that you're focused on right now is you know putting your best foot forward in an attempt to get uh, Twitch partner status, and I wanted to ask if you felt like there was anything that you did that has put you in this position. I mean, the name change is a part of that, but I'm sure you could also probably talk about you know some other stuff that's going on in terms of games played or what you've been streaming. Uh, and when it comes to the partnership, I've been on Twitch for, well, we don't have to talk about that part. Uh, I've been on for quite some time and, uh, you know, I used to go for it, but I realized back then it was, uh, I was, it just wasn't the time for me. And, you know, back then, you know, it was a lot different, like what, you know, what they expected from you. And my numbers are kind of all over the place. You know, everybody has their own pace at things. And, you know, I spent some time trying to get it and then I was like, it's all right, you know. I think I know what I got to do. I want to get into speed running and I made that my main priority. So I talked about this a couple times in my stream and hopefully I can explain this well. It's like I wanted to learn the art and craft of speed running, how to do it, but how to do it right and to be very good at it. So I would say, I wouldn't say sacrifice, but I wanted to put all my focus towards that and be the best I can be at that. And once I was ready, you know, I wanted to start trying to get in these GDQ events and I'm going to mention this to anybody that submits to GDQ, and I'm being honest when I say it took me about three years to even start getting into the event. It, you know, just keep pushing. You know, it's all about passion. You know, put 100% work into it, and you know, don't give up. I'm serious. You'd be surprised. You know, you know, just stick to your goals, and that's what I did. And I'm so grateful to think that I've gotten in so many times for all these games, and it's just not getting in for these games these are the games that i grew up with you know it molded and shaped me as like a person like I, they play it holds a special place in my heart and it, the fact that i get to run all these you know do all this stuff was amazing and i kind of i can't say I hit my peak but i think i kind of hit that level to where like all right i'm content with this i did well i got resident evil in resident evil is my favorite game of all time i said it's time to start focusing on a new goal let's get back to this partnership you know grind and it is quite the grind and and that's what my main focus is and you know i'm again i'm 100 percent dedicated and they can't stop won't stop and i think that's what they usually say the kids these days 
but yeah, I'm gonna. <laughs> of course, right? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep. Pu- I'm gonna keep pushing towards it. You know, I'm gonna. You know, it's it's consistency, schedule. You name it. It's like obviously it's paying off, and I'm gonna continue to do what I'm doing because I think what I'm doing right now is it must be right because things have been going pretty well for me. I, I have to say. Awesome. So in in your description there of you know what's gotten you to this point, I think you, you've previewed now a bunch of things that we can now sort of get into. But let's go back to the very start. Which is to say, uh, you mentioned a lot of these games that you play are games that uh, molded and shaped you. Where does gaming start for you? What is what are the very earliest gaming experiences for you? That's a that's a fantastic question. You're really good at this stuff. I got yeah, you're great. I got I a little practice, for- you know. Yeah. Like you said, keep with it, right? I you know, yeah, I feel like exactly. You See, you practicing. can tell there's a lot of pa- you. You are very passionate about this, and it goes to show. So good, good work and. Good job to me for I wasn't prepared for a follow up <laughs> question on this one. Now I'm good. Uh, I like to think like it, when I was a kid, the first console I can remember, I was aware of the NES, but I was I was hooked on the Sega Genesis, man. Mm-hmm. And we and I was lucky to grow up. You know, we weren't rich. Or, you know, we weren't poor. You know, but my mom was always wanted to make Christmas very special for us. So we were like the kind of family that. We ended up getting like every console, you know, mm-hmm. of course, me and my brother would fight over it from time to time. But, you know, I would say the Sega Genesis is when it started. You know, I feel like I remember my brother playing a lot on the Nintendo stuff and I'd be playing on the Genesis. I think he I think he had a little more interest in, in, in the, you know, the Nintendo department, you know, like Zelda and all that. While like Sega, you know, I was so into like. Cause I was a, I, you know, I'm a fan of like Michael Jackson and stuff like that. I remember when I was a kid, I had the Michael J. I still have that same cartridge, and I used to, I used to play that game all the time. I just thought it was interesting. You can make the bad guys dance and all this crazy stuff like that. And you know, I, 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 I it's kind of funny because I was always into like movies. I'm a big mm-hmm. movie guy, so it was so cool that there was a lot of movie games at the time that I got to, you know look into like Jurassic Park. I even played that at a young age. And then, you know, I remember going to like, it's so weird how you can remember these things so well, like it was almost yesterday, but like another game called another world Mm -hmm. or it's known in North America as like out of this world. I remember my uncle, my oldest cousin playing that. And I I was just blown away by the graphics and how Mm -hmm. the game ran and how different and unique it was. Like it it instantly triggered my interest and I was just blown away. I wanted to ask, Another World is one of those those early 90s cinematic platformers that got pl- imported to a ton of different platforms. And I was very curious on what platforms did you have your original experiences with Another World? Uh, Sega Genesis is when okay. it started. It's when I first saw it. And then I, I said, you know, this looks cool. And I had, I had to try it for myself. And man, that game was tough. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, originally it was released on the Amiga. And then it did so well. It came out for like... I mean, it has probably as many ports as... Yeah. Resident Evil 4 at this point. Yeah, well, it's, again, it's one of those ones where you still had a lot of those computers, like, you know, I I, I, I copied down the list just because this is stuff is always very entertaining, but it was like, you know, Atari ST, 3DO, a DOS yeah. port, Jaguar, and I, and I, you know, I so still, forth, so I still on. got my 3DO. I always call okay. it the uh, more improved Sega CD. As much as I love the <laughs> Sega CD, I'm not saying, you know, I don't love the Sega CD more because I do, because I just, just, I grew up with it and it's very nostalgic to me, but it just graphically, it had like a lot of the same ports but they you know cut scenes were a little more crisp sharp smoothed out rather than pixelated like the sega cd offered but yeah you know 
Now, growing growing older, it sounds like you know you were fighting over video games with your brother. Uh, you mentioned that another world was something you had experienced on account of other family members. Growing older, did did your whole family still stick with gaming, or did, or did you just sort of hold on? Was that sort of your thing at some point? You know, my sister was. Uh... She played like Donkey Kong and stuff like that. So she kind of got out at an early age. My brother still plays from time to time. He was he was great about collecting his stuff. See, him and I were very different in that way. Because of him, like he was the he was the you know, you hear this a lot about Resident Evil, and I always say that say this about the series that it's just as fun to watch as it is to play. Hence you can just tell with Twitch, that's a fact right there. People love tuning into it. Whether they don't feel like playing it right now themselves, or they like the speedruns, or maybe because it still scares them. You never know. But I was like that. I didn't want to touch the game, and my brother would play it for me, and it was so fun to watch. Um, he liked those games. That's something him and I had in common, like our love for that series and games. And it kind of became, he kind of drifted off from it. But he was really in, like I said, he was really into the Zelda games. And, you know, he he even, like still has like final fantasy you know majora's mask and like even the strategy guides like all in mint condition my stuff's in like a trash can so or like in like in a dump field i'm like i was so bad at taking care of my stuff so i had to go back and you know go through the process of getting getting all that back Mm -hmm. but yeah so i would say i was the one who continued it and i still had a i still had passion for it so yeah go ahead yeah, it was just the order was like my sister, you know, with some of the Nintendo Super Nintendo games, and then my brother, and then you know it kind of he still does he plays like a lot of the uh, like Last of Us. I remember mm-hmm. this was I know it's a bit of an older one, but when he when he did play it on the PS4, he told me he really liked it, and on occasion he'll you know play some Street Fighter two on his Super Nintendo uh, Mini and stuff like that. I know that because he visited me like two years ago and he beat the crap out of me with <laughs> Ryu, so. Uh, Street Fighter Two is a br- brutal, brutal game. Oh um, yeah, it's a tough one. I'm, I, I love in Bison though. I always that mm. one move. Uh, I always call it the washing machine. <laughs> and then when someone's about when someone's about to die, I'm like, all right, time to time time to get put on spin. And then I'll start doing that little slide kick move when you spam it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's terrible, but I can't help but to use it on beginners. But once you know how to throw people and 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 uh, block it, yeah, then you just get thrown around. But yeah, great game though. I love Street Fighter Two and Mortal Kombat. Those are two great games. So you you anticipated one of my questions, which was going to be, of course, you know what? Well, okay. So you are you answered generally, right? You said that generally speaking, your brother had done a better job of holding on to you know these old video game stuff and keeping them in good condition compared to you. Uh, but I'm going to ask a specific one. Do we know where the the original Genesis is? The original Inception? my original Genesis yeah. is that also gone with the wind? Or I'm just curious. Uh, you know, I'm, I could tell you a story though. Okay. So the original Genesis, I think something may have happened to it. Sorry. The beginning of Raiders of the Lost Ark just popped in my head. Like (laughs) I just pictured the Genesis being there and then like some boulder chases you like, it's, that's how like gone it is in my, it's, yeah, it's in space by now. Um, I can tell you when I got another Genesis, like I ended up getting the Genesis three. So yeah, a lot of that stuff, I don't, I can't recall what happened to it. Mm -hmm. Like. I used to blame these like little gnomes in the house that would just take our stuff because a lot of it just disappear. Maybe, maybe, you know, my mom or dad donated it. Who knows? Mm-hmm. 
maybe they thought we were done with it. We had a you know stage, you know, because we always do constantly different things. Like sure. me, I, it wasn't just gaming. I did a bunch. I had a bunch of different hobbies. Yeah. Like I was always all over the place. So they probably just assumed at that moment. And the next week, I get back into gaming. I'm like, where's my Genesis? So I'm not sure, but yeah, like the Genesis three, uh, I ended up getting again, and that's when I started collecting. But a lot of the Genesis games I grew up with to kind of connect with that mm-hmm. question, I still have. Okay. Even as a kid, like speaking of Moonwalker and like uh, Street Fighter two, I still have the copies ever since I was a kid. Everything else, I had to you know go back and get from retro stores, eBay, you know. So. All right, so we'll, let's move forward in, into time a little bit. One of the questions sure. that I like to ask, and I haven't heard other other speedrun podcasts do this, is is at some point in time, you know, we're we're you know adults, we got we got jobs, we pay rent, etc. And uh, at some point, we really took ownership of our hobbies instead of just being something that you know we would get a console at Christmas or something like that. You know, we either you know saved up money to buy a console or a new computer. Uh, got a job and then you know, got used that money to buy a console or a new computer. Do you feel that there is a point in time when you took ownership of the of your gaming hobby such that you know your brother wasn't you know it, I don't know if your brother would have been gaming at that time, but they were they would have no claim to the console because it's yours. You know, it's and maybe you're even living alone at that point, so it's really truly yours. Yeah, you mean like in terms of like feeling like it's my stuff or like like it's your stuff exactly yeah um so like as an example oh god god yeah probably when i was you know i i remember because yeah as i was getting older when i was like turning 12 and i was getting like into the you know more into the resident evil series i mean i got into when i was about seven because of Mm -hmm. my neighbors i mean that's another story too (laughs) but uh yeah i think i remember collecting like you know i had my own you know because what happened was well Time was kind of, it, it, it was moving forward for others in a sense of like, you know, my brother getting into the newer stuff. I've always, again, stayed a bit retro and old school. You know, that relates back to the name too. Like, you know, I even remember like, you know, like when, you know, you're a kid and like these new figures come out and like, you know, you were like, oh, can I get this like new like Turbo Man? <laughs> That's a good example, right? Uh, but I would get stuff that was like sold like four years ago, like at big lots, you know how they would have like the stuff that they would pretty much like send to big, big lots and stuff like that, like different stores, like mm-hmm. older figures that were on sale. I just kind of got stuck in this nostalgic phase. So while that was kind of, um, well, everyone's kind of moving forward with that. I kind of just stuck with the retro stuff because I enjoyed it so much and there was so much more to explore. So, you know, later on I ended up getting like a, you know, my mom got me a PlayStation from the pawn shop. So I kind of just stuck with that. I mean, I still like the newer stuff, but yeah, I would say like around the PlayStation era, I felt like I started kind of claiming it as my own because it was bought for me, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Versus, you know, but it didn't mix with, you know, it's like either, you know, my mom would like buy this stuff for us together to share and then she would literally specifically buy this and say hey this is for you that's when i kind of felt like i took ownership mm-hmm. i would say yeah i mean it kind of it varies off and on but i'd say like when i was around oh uh, yeah uh 12 12 13 i started getting like my own stuff yeah no, that's, for sure that, that sounds about yeah. right too i mean i, I think for yeah. me I, I always think of the time when i over like a year saved up money to buy a ps2 at launch when i was when i was 12 so that's always like the point the, the area i point to uh you know as, oh, as, as wow. a similar example yeah, that kind of now that reminds me. Yeah, I would say you know what? Here's a good one too. Okay. I think this is what you're probably aiming towards as well. I didn't even answer. The, I think the first console I felt like that was actually mine 
that actually felt like it was my because i mean it's common sense here too was the game boy color when it first came mm. out i mean it's a little handheld thing you hold on to it it's yours you know what i mean so that purple clear one you remember when they're yep. advertising that game boy color and that felt great for me because yeah if it, it, it was such an adventure to have it because i remember the first game i got for it was uh the game boy color version of uh links it was links awakening yeah like, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah and i beat that and that 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 was such a fun game it was such a it was such an adventure yeah that's that okay for me that was probably the most like memorable moment of uh having something of my own and taking it anywhere i w- please you know even though i change the batteries out constantly but mm-hmm. other than that good memories you know exactly. yeah that definitely definitely so you know a lot of the games that we're going to be talking about, again, as, as you mentioned, you have an affinity for these older retro games. Uh, and, of course, these are all primarily single-player games because we're, we're speedrunning them. Uh, I did want to ask, you know, there's been a lot of online games. And typically, when I ask, you know, when I ask runners, well, do they have any multiplayer game interests or you know, have had phases with them over the years, like MMOs or playing other games online, has that been something that you've done? Or have you pretty much always just sort of kept to your, you know, your enjoyment of the, the older stuff? Oh, you mean like in terms of just like online yeah, games, League of playing Legends, with people? Wow, Call of Duty, you know, whatever. You know, have you? Had I have any an addictive personality, so Wow was definitely a no go for mm. me. I mean, it 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 seemed interesting. You know, I I thought about it. Don't get me wrong, but I, I just never got I just never got myself involved in it. The one game, believe it or not, uh, that got me into modding an unreal engine because i was doing this before twitch and i had so much fun modding it was basically when i was younger i used to be an artist i used to sketch but i don't know i think visually i always wanted to become something more like i can create it i can i can be a part of it like move around in it like taking art to the next level for me personally like you know that's that's what video Mm -hmm. game you know is like when it comes to like uh engine work and doing that kind of stuff in video game design was this game called this is when i real this is when i really learned about modders and their and their very talented skills was a game called land of the dead road to fiddler's green now a lot of people know it as an xbox release okay. when the movie came out like in i think 2005 mm-hmm. yeah it's a 2005 and oh my god did that movie that, i mean that movie was good, uh, fine for me I, I i don't mind it's a fun film but that game tanked yeah but it was one of those games that taught me, even though the game was really bad, don't underestimate the people that can fix it. So I ended up getting it for PC, and they made this mod called Last Man Standing, where, like, it was amazing. They, You know, you can make anything you want. It was an Unreal Engine too. Like, they made Day of the Dead levels. They made, like, uh, a lot of stuff, like uh, some of the stuff from Dawn of the Dead 2004, like the beginning, like, um, neighborhood level. Uh, the mall, it was so cool. So... I ended up uh, checking that out and playing with my cousins, and it was a lot of fun to play. Like LMS was an amazing experience that I'll never forget because it really got me into multiplayer. Obviously, Halo as well. Halo, it did kind of start at Halo because I loved that Forge thing, and mm-hmm. I loved Infection. I don't know if you ever heard of Infection. Was that those are Halo? Yeah, with a claw and you get Halo Three. Yeah, okay. and people. Yeah, I've always got compliments because of the creativity of the maps that I was doing in Forge. Oh. I believe that's yeah. So after that, I actually really got to make stuff from scratch so because of that game i got into like you know unreal engine and stuff and that's when i made the entire uh dawn the dead mall 
from 1978, which is on my YouTube. Now a lot of people are starting to recognize. They're like, "Holy crap! Are you going to finish this project?" Sadly, you know, as yeah. as great as it was, it's more of a virtual tour and an art piece for me. But that was like six years ago. But yeah, I ended up besides pennies and not finishing it, I built that entire mall. It was crazy. It was it was a goal of mine. Again, speaking of goals, I I was really I really wanted to do it. I loved the movie so much and. It was a good like two years of work, so Damn, I'm very I'll, proud of it. I'll have to check. That. I might have to link that. You know, I, I always link the the you know your your information and all the videos that I watch for these interviews. But that sounds really cool. I actually I I only watched that film for like the first time two years ago, and I was blown away by it. You yeah, know, it was it's amazing, really isn't it? Yeah, yeah for right? its time. Yeah, and it's it's just brilliant. Yeah. Like I I got to meet George uh, Romero briefly before he passed. Mm. And he was such a nice person, and I actually showed him my project. And I had wow. the Dawn of the Dead community like supporting the project. I had, uh, you know, the Krishna Zombie, Mike Christopher. Um, I, he actually, funny enough, lives pretty close to me, which mm. is because I saw him at an event. And I got mm. to meet him. Uh, Tom Savini signed the project. It was like an advertisement thing, like little pictures. And uh, George Romero saw it, and he had this long line. And I still remember, you know. He, you know, it's kind of like, you know, sign next person because everyone was really excited to meet him. You know, the godfather of zombies. Yeah. He stopped and he looked at it and I said, you know, this is like a virtual tour. This is something that, uh, you know, I, I you know, th- that I really am proud of and I hope you enjoy it too. And he really stopped. He's like, this is an original. And he literally stopped the line. And, and I remember it was kind of like, you know, we got to keep the line moving, but mm-hmm. he like stopped and he really looked at it and he looked so happy to see it. And apparently like not that long ago, my cousin was talking about, I guess there was some, uh, what was it? Like the, one of the Dawn of the Deads had like the, uh, what do you call it? The, uh, the commentary, like where they go mm-hmm. over the movie. Yeah. yeah. And he was talking about how neat it would be to have like a virtual tour nowadays to see. It. And I think that's something that kind of made him be like, Oh, someone actually did this. And my cousin brought it up and it, it was, it was very special to me that, I don't know that he really recognized the project and the hard work that went with it. And even Ken Forey, you know, Peter from mm-hmm. the movie, yeah. he, he said it too. He joked with me because it was just the virtual tour. He's like, looks great. You just got to add some zombies. <laughs> so yeah, I talked to him a bit. So I talked to quite a few people from the movie. They're all super nice and sweet, but yeah, it was, it was a great time in my life. It was, it was, it was at my peak of being like artistic and mm-hmm. feeling very creative. That's really cool. That's super, super neat story. See, this is, I'm always so surprised by these stories I get to uncover by asking about multiplayer stuff because you never know where it's going to go. And, and I think too, right now, because of how, because of how unstructured I think multiplayer gaming was, especially before the rise of like, uh, like matchmaking and stuff like that, I think you get exactly stories like the one that you just told. Uh, which is, you know, you did mod work and then got to share that. You know, it was very, very cool. Yeah, you just you see what people can do, and sometimes if if it like I said, if it, it, you're interested, you know, give it a shot. You never know. It's like put a little work in, and if you're passionate, you, you'll see some progress, and you'll start doing the same thing. And before you know it, you're gonna be like, "Wow, I'm actually creating these stuff. I'm in a, something that I created, like a a level of some sort." And it's just cool that it's like making your art come to life. Mm-hmm. You know. And it's just a surreal feeling. Like I don't know. Thinking of, you can tell thinking back, it's just making me very nostalgic. But yeah, it was uh, it was awesome. Yeah, and then and Twitch. My cousin, you know, during the time I was working, my cousin's like, you should. My cousin's like, you should take, you should check out Twitch, man. They're playing Resident Evil, and then I jumped on there, and then said, yeah, I'll probably stream for about a couple of weeks, talk about how much <laughs> I love the game, and quit. Well, yeah, 
I'm still going. <laughs> well, so that was going to be exactly my next question, which is, um, you know, which came up first for you, which was, I, I think I'm inferring from what you've said so far that you learned about Twitch and streaming before you started speedrunning. Is that right? Yes. I, it was basically, I went from like just playing multiplayer games off, uh, you know, like offline or online, you know, uh, just, and you know, Enjoying my time with uh, friends, just having a good time, and you know, again, doing map making, uh, modding, building stuff in a real engine, and then yeah, he just popped up and said, "Hey, I know you're a big fan of Resident Evil because he likes Resident Evil as well." Uh, my cousin Jeremy, and he was just like, "I found this site called Twitch. You might want to check it out." So yeah, it kind of connected with that. So I honestly, back then, I was, I was very, very, very casual. So I knew of the game, and I honestly I thought I was awesome at the game. You know, because <laughs> you don't we have, were awesome. You well, know, yeah. You well, I mean, you should regardless. But like in terms of like being great at the game, I was like, man, I can, you know, do this. You know, I I I, I played this version and beat it with just a handgun. Boy, was was I in for a treat when I seen some of these runners back in the day. I was like, well, <laughs> wow. Um, so yeah, I, I I went into Twitch when I first started, just doing casual runs. I really just wanted to talk about my passion in the series and how much I loved Resident Evil, and you know I wanted to show off all these different ports because I had the knowledge to do it, you know. Because I usually love playing on actual hardware, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so like I I you know one day I was on like the Sega Saturn version, and I exp- and everyone's like, oh well, so what's up with this version? And then I was explaining the differences. And another day, which is we're just talking Resident Evil one, so to speak. Yeah. And then I play director's cut and play like a range mode or some known as advanced mode. I'm like, well, this is the difference in this version. So it was fun. And then it went on to RE two, you know, RE three, because that's the beautiful thing about Resident Evil is that in the older versions. They always have something unique and different to offer, not only for a collector, but as someone that would play the game as well. Unlike some games nowadays where it's just a slight graphical difference. So, yeah, the the differences among a lot of um, those those older versions, especially between like comparing like Saturn and PlayStation versions or, or PlayStation mm-hmm. and N64 versions. Uh, it's very, very interesting, and certainly Resident Evil. I mean, you know this, but like you read about the version differences for like Resident Evil Two and N sixty four, and it's like, whoa, what is going on here? You know? Yeah, so. they always wanted to. That's what I liked about Capcom. Like they, they always wanted to offer something different. So it's like, you know, it's you're not just buying another port. It's actually worth it because it's it's a different experience in a way, and it offers something that makes it more interesting and i was speaking of re2 for nintendo 64 that randomizer mode Mm -hmm. that was a neat little touch you know so just to feel the games they're all different you know even with speed running you know so then yeah so okay so we started streaming or streaming resident evil how do we first learn about speed running okay so everybody was doing it when i started like we I, i hung out with quite a few like you know people that were just kind of I know someone, Wolf DNC, I met he was one of the earlier streamers I met. He uh he was playing Resident Evil 3 and he was playing it pretty fast. And he did some challenges here and there, but and then there was a couple other runners that I seen. I didn't understand it though. I said, so they're not enjoying it casually, they're not enjoying the experience, they're not they're just flying through it. So I didn't understand it. I didn't get it, you know. Um it took me a while maybe about a half a year. And I was like, well, I wouldn't mind giving this a shot just to see, you know, you don't know until you try. 
Well, I don't know if the best approach is getting into running the Sega Saturn version because that is like the worst RE to speedrun. Mm-hmm. Though it's a fun casual <laughs> RE, the door scenes are like 10 to 11 seconds. So you got to think like on the average RE game, I mean, you can beat like even the PlayStation version, let's just say like an hour and some change, maybe something like that if you're at the same speed and then you play saturn it's like an hour and 30 minutes it feels like oh boy yeah because you got to think playstation's door scenes just say on the average are six seconds a door scene and then saturn was like 10 to 11 now imagine all the doors in the game adds up but i didn't care because i was really passionate about the sega saturn port so i was running that at first and you know i was running all these different uh categories and i was okay but I don't know. I just felt like, you know, I, I could have been better. And I, I think I was trying to find my place in speedrunning. Um, so I was like, well, you know, Resident Evil was a game that I always enjoyed. And I used to do challenge runs, like, you know, survive, knife only. And I always, that, that was, that was big back when I started on Twitch, like 2014. Mm-hmm. You know, some of that world record, that was a big deal. It didn't matter what version. It didn't matter how many people were on the leader. Like, none of that. If you got a world record, you were top dog for the week, man. People loved it. Because more people did challenge runs, like no first aid sprays or, uh, you know, knife only or uh, pistol. You know what I mean? These yeah. things that now it's, you know, people, it, it's still cool. It's certain challenge runs. Yeah, people, it's still popular, but not like what it was. Um, so I think for me, I was like, I don't know. I, I I was like, well, let me try to give retro gaming a shot because I've always been very good with 2D games. 3D games I'm good at, but I have a better understanding with 2D. Again, it goes back to what you were talking about earlier. It's what I, you know, grew up with. And it's what I, you know, when you have something like your brain's like a sponge. So I absorbed it really well and I understood it. Like, you know what I mean? So, uh, I started, I looked up at the leaderboards and saw Jurassic Park, and I always loved that game, Mm. and it's a tough game, and I was like, well, I like to, you know, I have to mix up something as a challenge, but also try to beat it fast. That's what really started speedrunning for me, like, more seriously. That's when I said, you know, maybe I got something going here, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm not so bad after all, maybe I just, because I, because you know what happened, it taught me something. I started asking myself a few questions. How passionate I am about this game? 100%. Well, there you go. Um, what goals do you have? I want to get world record. Just little questions like that, but always be realistic about it. And that, that was my goal. And I was grinding that game for two weeks. Granted, I was still new to speedrunning, so I was still understanding the concept. It's like a thing. You got to learn it and you gradually improve. Mm-hmm. And I remember that was my first world record. And honestly, I remember that video. I was like, holy, I was like, holy crap, world record. I was like freaking out. <laughs> And that's where it started, and then after I kind of, you know, I got a little bit cocky, and I tried some other games, and they were really tough. So it was kind of like, you know, start running what you're most comfortable with. Because speedrunning is like in, this is what I try to explain. Speedrunning is like, it's so many different things. Like, I, I want people to understand that um, there's so many different styles to it. Like, just because I'm good at, like, 2D stuff, it doesn't mean I'm going to perform the same at first person. And people shouldn't expect you to perform the same. It, there, it, it, it's different styles of gaming. Um, people need to understand that, too. And that's... Um, 
that that's that's one thing that I told myself, like, you know, never, never give yourself a hard time. There might be something I'm not as good at or there might be something I'm really good at. And it so happened, like I was just really good at like those janky 2D bad movie games and some really underrated great games. Mm-hmm. And like I mentioned, Another World and Flashback, those were great games that I got uh world record for that would those were those were toughy but the movie games like home alone and jurassic park and indiana jones but a lot of these games were known to be very very unfair and challenging Mm. and that's what i liked about it these games tortured me as a kid and (laughs) i love movies so like these old school movies like indiana jones like you know jurassic park ghostbusters so I love that they made movie games out of it, whether they were good movie games or bad, because movie games get a bad rep, but there are some good gems out there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, and that's what the thing, it gets a bad rep, especially the older ones, but there are some real fun ones. I think the thing is, people tend to misjudge them because they're a bit unforgiving, and I completely understand that. Like, you, you get a game over within, like, you know, one death. Like, Terminator 1, you die once, Kyle Reese is, he's terminated, that's it, it's over. <laughs> So I don't blame, yeah, I don't, you know, same thing with Terminator 2, but that's what I liked about it, you know, to take these games that really, you know, we loved the movies growing up, and then they come out with the game, and then they destroy us, so it was my job to go and beat them as fast as possible, whether it was a high PBO world record, and teach that game a lesson. But yeah. I also enjoyed it at the same time. The passion's there because I love the movies, so right. it, you kind of get that vibe, so. It's the nostalgia, but you're also kind of getting revenge. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I always try to say, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't want to have that kind of mindset. But no, you can make an exception for those those movie games. I'll mm-hmm. tell you, yeah, they were pretty rough. So this is an excellent opportunity for me to get a few takes from you about your catalog of games that you have run. Uh, which is, the, I always like to ask first off, of all the runs that you have done, what is your favorite? That's a great question. Uh, so out of every game I've ever experienced, like what was my absolute favorite? Yeah, what's your favorite run? And and you can, you are allowed to answer that in, in whatever way you want. You know, you could just say it, it's the most enjoyable to actually play or, Hong you know, Kong 97, <laughs> Hong Kong 97 for sure. No, I'm just kidding. I did speed run that for like a week, mm-hmm. but that was a joke, but it was kind of addictive. I'm not going to lie. What a bad game <laughs> that was. Um, you know what? I would have to say as much as I loved Resident Evil, like running a range and routing it mm. more, because when I took over uh, the arrange mode category, it was slightly routed. There wasn't enough put in there. So I spent a good few months finding up to two to three minutes of a time save and routing and finding glitches, breaking games have been so fun. The best game that I've ever ran and my favorite speed game of all time that I am most proud of that I hit a goal that I never thought was possible. And this is why my mentality has changed that you can honestly do anything is another world because that run is extremely tough because it's a one hit kill game. And the best run of all time was, I believe in eight minutes and three seconds. That's extremely fast. It was on the 15th anniversary edition. Mm -hmm. So I ended up running the 20th. So there was a little bit of a time difference, but um, overall, like they're kind of equaled out, but the 15th, they're just different. Like whatever you're like, you know, more comfortable with. I was so proud of that run because I, that was the first game I ever actually ever ran at GDQ, ran at AGDQ, Mm -hmm. um, 2019. 
I made my fair share mistakes, but you know what? I was proud of myself because I went for the skips. Now the skips look very natural. Like if you do it and you don't explain it, it just looks like, Oh, he's just dodging. No, you have a couple <laughs> frames or you're going to die in one hit. Um, I just kept practicing and practicing and practicing. And then there's this area in the run. I bet some of my, uh, my community and viewers, cause I had a lot of support during that run and it made me so happy cause it meant the world to me. Um, there's this thing called water skip somewhat of a meme, but it became, it's a serious thing in part of the run. Um, basically when you skip parts of the game, it, it, the skips are really hard to pull off. Like in every port, you know, strats can be slightly different to pull off the, the skips. So though it's a short speed run, there was, there was water skip. So you it, basically water skip is like in the game, you go swimming and you shoot it like a breaker box. Mm-hmm. So you're able to escape and buddy, the alien reaches his hand out, grabs Lester and pulls him up. Water skip is a hundred percent RNG. So you drop down this hole, you avoid swimming, which saves like a minute and change. That's big. Mm-hmm. Cause so you got all these speed runs that don't do water skip, but they do all the other skits because why go for it? It's all, it's a hundred percent RNG. It's up to the game. That's completely up to the game. I can't control that. All I can do is do the best I can. So it's half. And not only that, it's halfway through the game. So you drop down this hole and there's like these big beams that shoot out at you. It's up to the RNG and Lester's animation to crouch. And then once he lands, you got to start jumping at the right time. And the second beam just passes you. That's water skip. Um, it's so difficult to get sometimes that one time I streamed, basically it's just say like a, 10 minute speed game right in general it took me i had a streamer i streamed yeah i cast it for eight hours and i didn't get it once and that was hundreds and hundreds of resets yeah so the day crazy enough i worked so hard i naturally became more consistent everything else and i was very lucky i think again the universe had some way of working itself out i got it and i got an i think it was an eight minute flat so i beat that best time by three seconds so it's considered the ultimate speed run because everyone knows how unforgiving and hard this game mm-hmm. is sorry to keep going about it, no please this passionate. is i mean this is we're gonna super touch, passionate we're about gonna this. touch yeah. on another world anyway and yeah talking about sent, it now is a great time yeah so yeah i sent you that run so if you ever go back and watch it again or whatever it's uh you'll see my face like i freak out like it's just it's the pog champ face i'm like oh my god because the next day i figured out how to do another like there was a wall glitch that was already done in 15th but the problem is on 20th there's easy normal and hard so hard just naturally runs faster if it quickens less uh lesser speed overall it's just generally a fast so you want to run on the hardest difficulty the problem is on the hardest difficulty sometimes it's harder to shoot the enemies and the enemies are more accurate with their shots to kill you in one hit so i found this way i found the strat like the next day where you can just run a little bit and then like this is the beginning like when buddy's trying to uh, open up the doors and you're making the shields and fighting off the aliens where if you jump at the right time and keep jumping you turn around and you keep crouching backwards you don't supposed to pick up your gun that's the trick and you can glitch through the wall and he gets mm-hmm. to the next checkpoint unlocks the checkpoint so in some games you can actually go back to the menu and reload your checkpoint because you work to unlock it i hit a trigger to unlock it so it unlocks it from the main menu and then you reload that checkpoint and, and it skips like i think it saves like 11 seconds that next day, so I was proud of my eight minutes. So I got one without that wall glitch, just in case. And then the next day, I got it with the wall glitch within like maybe the first hour of streaming, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. And then I got a, ended up getting a seven minutes and forty eight seconds. So and you know you got after water skip, you have to do a bunch of other skips. So I'm not a c- keyboard player, so I was using my controller and then using my left hand. 
on the arrow keys to do the skips because the skips are a lot easier on a keyboard. Mm-hmm. But I've never been fully a keyboard guy. I would mess up my lines. So my lines are for my controller. And anytime I do the skips, I use the controller on my right hand and jump. It sounds so crazy and weird, but it worked for <laughs> me. It works. Skip it works, unique. right? Yeah. So I would use that and use the arrow keys to do these like little skips. Like just because you got water skip, you had to do so many other hard things and you couldn't die once. So the whole run, I didn't die once. Everything was really good. Maybe like a two-second loss on a certain area. But other than that, I got all the skips first try, and that was my goal. And Yeah, I'm extremely proud of myself for that. It was something that I always say, oh, yeah, I mean, I'll probably go for water skip. I'll do this. I didn't think I was actually going to do it. I just one, one day I was like, you know what? It, people just made it seem like it was impossible, mm-hmm. and it made me think, well, is it? I don't know. Let's give it a shot. And it was like a two-week grind, if I'm not mistaken. And I did it. I did it multiple times, actually. But, of course, after getting water skip, I died a couple times. It was because you're shaking. It was the first speed run where I actually felt afraid. And I'm not afraid anymore, so it was weird. (laughs) The whole (laughs) Kevin McAllister quote. But, yeah, it was a bit, yeah. Yeah, that that is my most. I hope that answers the question pretty well. That's my most. Yeah, and it's a great showing of why too. You got to think when I was a kid, it was one of the first games I was ever introduced to, and I remember watching my uncle, my older cousin, play it. And to take a game like that that somebody mastered already, because the ultimate speedrun that was a seven minutes and uh, no, sorry, it was an it was an uh, was it an eight oh. I, it was an 803, mm. if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong about his time. It was in the 803, 80 something. Um, I just never thought I could do something like that. But what I try to tell people is that in speedrunning, I think the more games you learn, the more you will earn in return. Because you can still take a long, like a good couple weeks to focus on one game. But think about it. If you learn variety, you get yourself out there, even learn games you're not as comfortable with, they all kind of go full circle and it, it works itself out because you got to think like you learn a new game. You're like, you know, I kind of remember this when I was learning that game. That's a little similar to what I did in that game, or that's a little similar. I did in this game and it, and it quickens the learning process. Instead of just sticking to one strict game and certain style of speed running, you learn this variety and it kind of puts it, it meshes together. And when you learn a new game, there's like certain little things you can pick out. You know what I mean? That, that actually, you can you can you can use towards a new game that you know quicken the process. So for me, I uh, running thir- maybe I mean it could be spitballing here. This is what I usually say in my stream. Maybe thirty plus with categories included with mm-hmm. games. Yeah, I've ran so many games, and honestly, all I've ever seen was improvements. And every time I learn a game, I always say, I tell people this. Anybody that wants to get into speed running, you have to ask yourself how passionate I am about the game. Uh, you know, I'm pretty passionate. You know. Or, yeah, I'm 100% passionate. What's your goals? Uh, high PB world record. Are they realistic goals? Yeah, I would say so. So you got to ask yourself these questions and remember these questions throughout the journey. Like, there's been games where I just, you know, I just kind of want to have some fun with it. I'll probably aim, you know, for a decent place. I hit those goals because I was honest with myself. You should always ask yourself these questions versus games like I'm 100% passion. I'm passionate about it. I want to uh, get top three. And, you know, look at where you're at when you're starting to learn to run and then set a realistic goal and go from there. And if you could be wrong, like at first trying to figure out where you you are time wise, but you start to get used to it more and more and you can start calling it, you know, I hope that makes sense, too. But it's like it it, it, it can get so specific, like you just got to ask yourself a couple questions. My whole thing is never get disheartened, like disheartened about speed running, like remember why you're doing it. You got to have fun with it. Always remember that. And you got to, you know 
if you just want to have fun with it, ex- you know, kind of expect fun results. Don't think they're bad results. Just you wanted to run it for fun. So, you know, you, you got a decent place and that's, you know, that was your goal. You know what I mean? If you don't want to take it too seriously, don't expect a serious time. Have fun with it. You know, that's my whole thing about speed running. Yeah. It's about I, fun. I think too, your, your point that I want to highlight as well is that one of the benefits of, you know, learning more games is that you really, you learn how to learn. And I think, not every game is necessarily going to be a home run as a speed run for you, but when you learn games, when you do find the games that unexpectedly, you know, excite you for whatever reason, you're going to be really prepared to go to town on this. You know, like if you, if you, you and I, we, we pick up a new game, we're like, oh, I didn't think of speed running this, but like for whatever reason, we're ready to go. You know, thankfully we, we benefit from that experience of, of having sort of, you know, again, learned how to learn. Uh, yeah. Regardless is, of what you know, happens, even if it's like a negative, like, experience or anything there's always some kind of positive you can get out of it you know sometimes you just gotta dig a little deep to find and sometimes it takes time to realize oh maybe that wasn't you know even with speed running and like certain runs that you can do um you know for me i've always i always tell people this i excel at like 2d games i'm that's what i'm good at so honestly compared to some other people that just naturally are very good at it like you know i see a lot of people you know, I see a lot of people that run like the Resident Evil games and they're so nice about it too with the retro stuff. They're like, I don't know how you do that. But I look at them, you know, they're playing like RE2 Remake. I couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. All that menuing, mm-hmm. that's not my style of gaming. You know what I mean? Plus I'd probably get motion sickness. But, you know, I think it's really impressive. And then they're like, no, what you do is pr- impressive. Because they always bring up, it's funny because a lot of uh, streamers always bring this up. And I think it's the funniest thing. They're like, dude, you ran Super Star Wars. Like, you remember that game? Yeah, I speed ran the first one. I did pretty well. I want to go back to it and you know, maybe move up on the leaderboards. Mm-hmm. I didn't actually end up saving my run, but it's just, it's an RNG fest. So they kind of feel the same way. So it's just like, yeah, you know, it's whatever you're pretty good at. And if you're really good at it, take advantage of it and you'll see some great results. You know, Resident Evil was one of those games too. Resident Evil 1, I learned pretty, you know, I see sometimes people giving themselves a hard time about Resident Evil. Like that's a very competitive game. Not only that, but you know, it's one of those 3D games. It's about room lines and proper movements that you can lose a lot of time or gain a lot of time due to how well you execute each uh, strat. I even consider moving around a strat, like, especially with Resident Evil 1. So Resident Evil 1, I've gotten a lot better at it, but I went to PC. I started training, like, Rocky Four music was playing in my head. Yeah, because of GDQ. But I wanted to get better to represent the game as best I can when the event comes up soon. Um but yeah, I mean, I learned that game a bit slower than others because 2D is my thing. So that 3D whole thing where you have the option to move around anywhere you please, at first it kind of freaked me out. I'm like, man, <laughs> I can bounce off the wall. It's like pinball, you know? So it took a while to, you know, of course you got, you want to take time, forgive yourself, and then you start slowly building that confidence and you start to feel better and you start to see results. And obviously it's a given that you're going to start feeling better about the runs and yourself as a speedrunner. Now, I do want to get the flip side take here. We, we had started this conversation with, you know, your favorite run. Of course, you talked about uh, Another World. You also now mentioned New Resident Evil. Uh, do you have a game that you feel like is your least favorite that you've run? And this is not an invitation to bash the game or the community, but just something that you tried and it didn't work for you for whatever reason. Like, it, even if I finished it? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I mean, you, you could have runs up on the board. You know, you have saved run. But you're like, you know what? This is just probably not something I'm going to come back to. I did a run. It really wasn't my thing. That's a good question. Give me, like, uh, 10 yeah, seconds. 
because the first thing that popped in my head was young Indiana Jones for Sega Genesis. <laughs> I am the only one still because I've opened up quite a few leaderboards, mm-hmm. and anytime I do a run, I try to set a great example. Like I don't. This is what I try to tell people: no matter the size of the leaderboards, never underestimate the runs. And I try to set that example. So I, I, I set you know what I do is I I do a run. You know they call it like a free world record. Let's say I'm opening up a board. Yep. Um. That doesn't mean I'm not done with it. I'm waiting to do the best I can do. So I'll re- and then it, and then the next person that comes around can watch the run and you know it pushes them to be even better. You know what I mean? Set a good example for people to follow. You know, uh, if you're capable of doing it, you got to do it. But Young and back to Young and Jones. No one's even submitted for that game yet. No one wants to touch it. That was one of those games. Same with Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade for Sega Genesis. I had to route that myself because all I, all that was available was a task run because the game is so ridiculous. Any Young and Jones is even worse. So I ended up watching a task and routing it to what's humanly possible to do. And you know, I finished the run pretty quickly, but I wanted even a better time. But I don't know. It's hard to answer that because I might go back to that game because. I don't know. It was as much as that game pissed me off. I like the music, and it's just it's Indiana Jones. But that game is a game that I can't recommend for anybody. Mm. It is it is a it is it's messed up, dude. <laughs> well, it's a messed up game. I don't know mm. when it comes to a game like man, this wasn't for me. Yeah, and you dropped it. I mean, you say not even in a negative way. Right, well, like, I, the thing is, I'm not. This wasn't you to say, for me. Like almost yeah. like it's not for me. This is not my style. Right. I think I realized that when the first week Resident Evil 2 remake came out, I was like, you know, it looks like an interesting speed game, and I was I was working on it, and I did pretty well like offline, and I was getting there. And sometimes I'm pretty quiet about this stuff. Like you know, I I see where I'm at, and I compare myself with some of the times that run the leaderboards. This was very early on, and you know, it was just kind of stressful, and it just wasn't for me. Like so, basically, uh, to answer it like i guess a bit better in general about games mm-hmm. is that uh just any like newer type games they're just not for me i think it's good to expand and do things but if something's really not for you uh you know yeah i would say maybe re2 remake was something i couldn't get into re2 og i do really like though mm-hmm. yeah in turn for me like the the more simple the game is in a sense doesn't mean it's easier just like with Basic movements, basic jumps, basic menuing, more about the speed, you know what I mean? Like, more is not always better for my speedruns. A lot of my speedruns involve, like, you know, A to jump, uh, this to shoot. It doesn't matter how RNG heavy it is. If it's, like, a simple setup and layout with controls, the better I'll, like, I'll perform. Even if it's a high RNG game like Ghostbusters or something, you know? That's how I work. Hope that's a good answer. No, but that's, yeah. that's perfect. That, I mean, I think that stay r- away really from Young sense. Indiana Jones, stay guys. <laughs> young Indiana, yeah. Where yeah, stay, be, be stay warned. away. Yeah, be uh, careful. So, I like to get a few takes about one. Of the, one of the topics, you know, a few topics I want to cover. Uh, one of them is is health. Now, I think I saw in your either in your Twitter bio or your, or your Twitch channel panels that you have some professional experience with with fitness related stuff, and so I especially wanted to ask you. Uh, do you have any particular approaches to health and playing games and streaming, you know, whether that be hands, wrists or, you know, things about being sedentary and sitting for too long, stuff like that? Oh, yeah. Anytime I get the opportunity to talk about it, I don't shut up. I mean, sometimes I do my fitness classes and stuff like that to show people that they can get in great shape just with their body weight, even to the point where as long as you have room to do push ups. 
you got some good workout routines to do. Trust me if you're working out with me. So, um, yeah, um, I always tell people because I hear this a lot, like, oh, I'm starting to get this thumb pain, this wrist pain. Yes, um, I think it's extremely important. Like, honestly, you won't, I can tell you, like, my regimen now that's been working pretty well sure. like with streaming lately. I literally spend an hour, like, uh, before, because I have to do my hair and stuff. I'm just kidding. Like, I spent a good hour um, trying to... Uh, kind of mentally prepare myself because you know i i understand you guys streaming streaming can be a rough thing you know you get on you know you're you're streaming for the world basically um to maybe do about 15 minutes of stretching um if you need a workout beforehand or after uh stuff like that like stretching is really important and then when you it breaks are important too at least like if you hitting that three hour mark get up stretch a little bit even if it's light stretching it will make such a difference i even do this thing with everybody and they tend to follow it i need to add it back to the raptor egg point system that's what i call it raptor eggs jurassic mm -hmm. park reference there's a lot of chair stretching you can do if you're sitting in a chair whether you're like like watching lurking it doesn't matter we're probably all sitting down with some kind of weird posture like sometimes when i'm playing games i get into it and my posture is not perfect i always tell people it looks like a mid front flip so like someone can like go like to follow a list but is this guy doing parkour and stream because i'm like this <laughs> Like, almost looks like I'm doing a front flip. So, like, yeah, it's good to get up and do stretching. Or if you, you know, if you want to help out the viewers, like chair stretching, you can do neck stretches, roll it around. You can do side stretches. Um, you know, a lot of shoulder rolls, uh, wrist rolls. Like, there's so many different things that you can do. Um, in terms of fitness, yeah, I think it's very important to work out. You don't have to kill yourself doing it. Mm -hmm. It can be something as light as 15 minutes a day, and it will still make a big difference. You'll release endorphins. You'll feel a lot better. Um, you feel like I know it's like lately, like I've just been doing stuff really light, like stretching for like, uh, you know, about 15 minutes. And then I'll do like, you know, maybe some push ups, some squats, just kind of get the blood flowing through the body, really gets the adrenaline going just a little bit, but it makes you feel good enough to where you're not exhausted. It's not too hard of a workout to where you can sit down and you, know, you can feel that energy, you know, not just from coffee, but just naturally from working out using your body weight. So stuff like that. Yeah. has it does make a big difference because I've had days where I woke up and I check, you know, my phone and it's like, oh, I got to get on stream in like 15 minutes. It trust me, it's a massive difference. You you know, your body tenses up, you know, you, your neck feels a bit stiff. You, you know, you want to make sure you eat. You want to make sure you have a little bit of time to sit down and just kind of adjust yourself mentally. There's so much to it. And it's something I always uh, tell people in my streams uh, to make sure to do like even if you're watching a stream you know every once in a while just get up stretch a little bit and that's why I have stretching tutorials and stuff and that's you know when the time comes and if you know if I do get partnership I, I will bring the fitness classes back mm -hmm. and maybe even if it's once or twice a week because I you know why I do it I like to help people yeah I think it's very important and I you know I know what it's like to feel like crap sometimes and it's like if I can do anything to mentally make you feel better make your day a little bit brighter. Um, that's something I, I, I like to do. I mean, for my community, they're there for me and I'm going to be there for them. Like I want them to know that I have their back. So, and if any questions they have that relate to fitness and stuff, anything to, you know, help them out in the slightest way, that's, that's what I'm there for because not only am I passionate about it, but I'm passionate about people. You know what I mean?
sometimes they just need you know sometimes people just need a little guidance and stuff like that and fitness is a very confusing industry you know what i mean with everything that's going on like it's really hard to get into and i have i've been doing it for 10 years straight with body weight exercises i show people that you can get in good uh shape just with your body weight so anytime if people have questions i never i i will literally even in an intense speed run i do my best to just answer it as much as i can yeah. and to get them started because i i again it's a it's a, it's a it's a process and it's not easy and that's okay you know and sometimes people need someone to guide them and i was you know i grew up and when i was sick from school uh my mom had two jobs she worked at an animal clinic so i was around animals my whole life um and she worked at a gym so when i was sick i wasn't like the average kid i'd be sitting in an animal clinic with a crt playing like again resident evil because mm-hmm. you know it was a family kind of business you know everybody everybody the doctor there was super nice and even at the gym i would either be sick because i couldn't be at home alone mm-hmm. i didn't even mean to reference that um but yeah i would either be at the cl- animal clinic or i'd be at the gym so i'd be walking around the gym and i something about environments and analyzing things is just i've been around the gym my whole life and you know my mom's a personal trainer so I, I, I was lucky to be around that. So I have that, you know, ability to guide others and lead others. And I've helped a lot of people lose weight and, you know, and, you know, they, it's just, it's, it's a very nice thing. I'm not choking up about it. It's just, you know, uh, just knowing that you can help people, uh, mentally and, and in a healthy way just means a lot to me Yeah. because, you know, I think good people deserve to be happy. You know, that's the most important thing to me. And sometimes, uh, sometimes great people have it rough. So if I can do anything to help them out, um, I'm all for it. I'm all game. So I hope that answers. That no, absolutely. Question too. I, I think yeah. fitness, I think is one of those things you mentioned before is confusing. I think a lot of times people can feel towards fitness that, you know, folks might be more interested in selling a product than helping people. And I that's think that's what it mostly is now. And, yeah. you know, I'm not you know and to have genuine people out here you know doing it through you know because you're you know bringing this up in the context of of twitch and certainly twitch is a great place for establishing those personal connections and so you know to be someone who's establishing those connections and offering this help that you know as you said a little exercise does go a long way towards a lot of things you know towards just feeling better towards sleeping better etc uh you know that's that's really good yeah, I mean, I think in general, like, I just want people to know that they can be the best they can be. And, you know, the worst thing you can do, and it's okay if you do sometimes, because even I slip, is never compare yourself to others, because no one is better at being you than you, especially when you are your best you. And people need to know that, like, and, you know, just because someone else can do something, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to compare yourself to that, you know, you do what works for you. You know your body better than anybody else, and you do what works for you, and you focus on that. You put too much focus on other people, you're going to lose yourself in the process. You want to focus on the most important thing, and that's you. You know? That's what it really comes down to. Yeah, it's with anything mm-hmm. in your craft and everything, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Same with your podcast. Mm-hmm. They're great. This is I'm <laughs> having you. a great time, man. I appreciate it's all the, about passion. That's the most important thing to me, really, is that I, you know, I truly don't know how much of an audience there is for speedrun interview podcasts, but I really think these stories are all great on how people get to this hobby, uh, and you know, to be able to to document them, learn about them directly firsthand, primary mm-hmm. sources, uh, is uh, it's great time, and so I'm I'm glad. Let's, well, yeah, yeah, I can tell the way you listen and in your questions again. 
you're very passionate about this, man. So this is why, you know, I watched, you know, when you first contacted mm-hmm. me, not to get off topic here, mm-hmm. I watched Enigma. He's mm-hmm. a good buddy of mine. He's also not afraid anymore. <laughs> uh, he, yeah, he's a great dude. Uh, I said, wow, you know, these are great. This is brilliant. Like, I love the setup. I like how he does it. You know, that's a definite yes for me because it wasn't just some podcasts. You like doing these things. You're passionate about this and you actually like to listen and hear about these things you know you care about these things and that's that's what makes you good and that's what makes you great honestly thank you yeah no problem let's get, get that out let's, there let's all right let's let's lighten it up let's do some fun takes i so we had we had the speed runs earlier i know you have already mentioned uh this is a question i i especially like to ask to people who are into doing real hardware stuff. And you mentioned you've played Resident Evil on a ton of different platforms, Another World on a ton of different platforms. Uh, Can I get your favorite and least favorite controllers? Yeah. Yeah, you can. (laughs) My favorite controllers? I mean, you know, that varies because Mm -hmm. all the games I run, whether it's a casual game, a speedrun game, it all plays some kind of role to where it might actually work... to its advantage for a certain game, you know? One controller, I'll tell you, that I really like that not many people are, like, the biggest fan of, some are, is the Sega Genesis 6-pad. I actually think, at this point, I prefer it more than the Super Nintendo controller. Sorry, guys. But the Super Nintendo controller is great, too. But, again, I guess, you know what? It's hard to say that for a fact. It de- Okay, how about this? It depends on the game. There are games okay. I, I, pre- I prefer the Super Nintendo controller for. It feels more natural. And then there's games that I feel better with the Sega Genesis controller. I'll give an example. Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat 1, Mortal Kombat 2. I love those games on Sega Genesis. I know the Super Nintendo version of 2 is great. But I really like how the input is and how the timing is and how natural the genesis controller feels because remember the d-pad on the genesis six pad is very roundish so you kind of round your attacks like let's say raiden is like was it uh downright uh wow i need to play mortal kombat again downright like low punch or something to do the electricity attack so you just slide it versus like you know super nintendo control you kind of have to really use your thumb to rub up and it can eventually get some pressure on your thumb like my thumb started hurting so it really just depends on on the game and stuff like that so there are games that like i couldn't see myself playing donkey kong on a sega genesis controller uh as for just worst controller by far the 3do controller is kind of weird Oh, that man. one's a little bit weird. Do I mean, I, I can go know. really into detail with this because I, I I have a lot of consoles. Um, the Dreamcast controller uh, just makes me feel like I'm flying the Millennium Falcon. Um, that one's not. I that one's bearable. I wouldn't. You know, that, that one's tough to speed run on. Nintendo 64 controller did not age well for me. Mm-hmm. Probably mostly that thing is just weird. That thing is weird. Um, so yeah, I mean, it just it, it, that's a great question, and it's. So I know it's you have a, a, I know you have a yeah. lot of these '90s platforms. Obviously, 3DO is one of the weird ones. Do you? I, I have to ask this question because I well, I think I was maybe like over seven. I had uh, I had Pete Dore on the podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk with him about the Jaguar controller. Do you have a Jaguar? Is that something that you do? That was one uh, console I've never owned. Okay, no. okay, yeah. yeah just, that's the one with the full numpad on it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> so i always like I mean, to, if we, yeah if we yeah. if i did i'd probably have I, you probably already uh, yeah i would okay. have already had a different opinion on the controller <laughs> probably would have been that one i've seen it yeah and yeah <laughs> no that's that's a real that's a real thing for sure yeah um, no those are those are those are solid solid answers 
All right. So I wanted to give you a chance. Now, at this point, you know, the, the runs that I had watched in preparation for this interview were, you know, your your uh, world record in Another World, the one that you mentioned earlier, the one that you got the just under eight minutes on. Uh, yeah. Your current record for uh, for Jill Arrange, any percent, uh, the no major glitches, uh, I think bad ending category, and then also uh, Jurassic Park, any percent grant. Um, a thing I wanted to do was I know at this point, at the time of recording, we're, we're in mid-December, uh, and at the beginning of January will be AGDQ 2021. Uh, I know that you're going to have two runs uh, in that event, and I just wanted to give you an opportunity maybe to throw out uh, your sales pitch uh, for, for those runs. Obviously, you've already talked about Resident Evil a little bit and what makes the arranged mode interesting, but if you wanted to cover that and also talk about, because I think the other run you're doing is Ghostbusters, right? Ghostbusters... Uh, am I thinking of the right Sega, thing? Yeah, yeah, you're okay. right. Ghostbusters okay. for Sega Genesis, correct? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. This um, isn't the first time I've talked about Ghostbusters in this podcast because I had Van Mega and we talked about NES Ghostbusters. That's a different creature. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you already know, man. State Puff is just creeping in the back the whole time. <laughs> um, uh, as for sales pitch, yeah, I actually, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I don't want to say too much, but there might be a possible interview as well for that run right beforehand, which I'm really excited about because then I really get to explain it again as much as I can. So you bringing this up is great. So, yeah. Yeah, Um, Take a practice swing at it. Do it. No, but yeah. So Resident Evil Director's Cut is... It's to me the best Resident Evil port out of any of them in terms of like offering the most because there is the beginner mode if you're new to the game, there's the original mode and the arranged. Some know as as advanced. Now, here's the big issue, and I don't blame people because Capcom made it super confusing, let alone some of these releases we get um, nowadays. If it's like on like a PlayStation 3, PlayStation, you know, it just depends on the country and how it's released and which port they release it. There are two versions of Director's Cut, guys. So I get a lot of Director's Cut memes, and I see it in different channels, and I'm just like, oh, man. I said, okay, it's not their fault. They just don't know. In 1997, they released the Black Label Edition, which came with the Resident Evil 2 demo. So Director's Cut originally released with the OG score, like the original music that you get from the 96 release. A year later, you know the Greatest Hits editions for PS1 games? Mm-hmm. That's when they released Resident Evil Director's Cut Dual Shock Edition, mm. the green one. Yeah, that one has what people know as some really, really, really bad music. <laughs> so when they think of Director's Cut, they think of the clown music. We call it the clown farting basement music. There's mm. so many names for it because it's so bad. And uh, but what people don't know is that there are a few good songs, and I'm not even lying. I'm not just I'm not trolling you guys. There are a pretty good amount of good songs in that version. It's just the problem is compared to normal video game soundtracks, the songs that are bad on there override anything that's good because the songs are that bad. So when people think director's cut, they just think of the bad music, and then they don't ever give that difficulty a chance. Um, but what they don't realize is they originally released the game with the original score because I see things in other Twitch channels like, man, they need to mod this game to add the original soundtrack. Um, oh, you're talking about direct, they say, oh, director's cut version, but there's director's cut and there's director's cut dual shock. Don't touch, I'm just saying for most people, don't touch director's cut dual shock. It's, it's just standard director's cut, the double disc that comes with the RE2. Uh, demo so i've even had people like hey is this a mod it's like wow so many people have missed out on this 
But arrange mode is basically the hard difficulty of um, Resident Evil 1. So, there, you know, Jill and Chris get treated, in a sense, equally in terms of enemy spawns. It's all the same. Uh, more enemies, and then they have the... Um, what do you want to call them? The aggro zombies, the ones that walk super fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they added that feature in. They, 90% of the items are in a different location for like indefinitely, like in w- one time. It's like a randomizer. So they took all the, they took all the items and put them in a different spot. So it, honestly, it creates a whole new playthrough and a whole new experience with the different enemy spawns and uh, how much damage you can take. Uh, they have a new handgun. Uh, I call it the silver top Beretta. Like, uh, cause in the original, it's just this great plane. Mm. It looks like a BB gun. It's really crappy Beretta, but in a range mode, they give you the silver top Beretta, which has a pretty high percentage, a high chance of a critical headshot to give you a headshots on the zombie. So it's actually very useful. Not only that, it's just generally a powerful handgun. So they yeah. added that feature in. When I was watching um, your, your video, I was very curious. I was like, I don't remember the original Resident Evil having a gun like this, but of course what you're saying is that this is a special feature of a range yeah, mode. And what I think confuses a lot of people is that Remake took a lot from Director's Cut more than anything else because in original, Forrest Speyer, the uh, Stars Bravo team member that died on the porch, mm-hmm. in the original, he doesn't reanimate and become a zombie. Uh, the crows just come out and try to attack you, basically saying this is what finished him off, killed yeah. him. And you got to fight off crows or run off. And arrange. He has the armor key instead of it being in the plant room where you use the chemical. So that's one item example. And uh, he reanimates and becomes a zombie. You know what they did in Remake? They made him a zombie. So a lot of these cutscenes, like we're, we're uh, trying to... The study room, I believe it is, uh, trying to save Rebecca in Remake. Remake's more straightforward. While in uh, Original, it's more of like a mystery horror game where you the choices you make, the route you take can affect your outcome, which I love that variety about Original. Again, while Remake's more straightforward. Um, but they took a lot of those main scenes of like saving Rebecca and doing this or meeting Rebecca with Richard off, you know, from director's cut. Not saying it wasn't added in OG, but it was really hard to get these cutscenes in OG. You'd really have to go out of your way while like, for example, meeting Rebecca in the original Resident Evil just required like going down to the balcony and there's already that open door to the save room where she sprays you in the face with bug repellent. Like while in a range mode, um, you get an armor key, and then right next door, you can unlock that door to meet Richard already. And if you haven't met Rebecca yet, you actually can meet Rebecca with Richard in the original game. Mm-hmm. It's actually quite a quite an interesting cutscene. So stuff like that was easier uh, displayed and showed off in a in in a range mode. So I just feel like a range mode is more similar to remake, you know, in terms of the examples that I've given and OG, of course, but just you know, how how much more common it was to see these cutscenes that you see in Remake, you're more common and likely to see them in Director's Cut, Arrange, or Advanced Mode, whatever you like to call it, than you would in OG Mode. So, yeah. And then what about the uh, the sales pitch for, for, for Ghostbusters Genesis? Ghostbusters Genesis actually is one of the best Ghostbusters games. Um, there's a lot of memes and jokes about the NES version. I never really touched it, so I can't give my mm-hmm. opinion on it, but people have fun speedrunning it, and that's all that matters. Um... It's one of the best Ghostbusters games, hands down. It's really well made. Uh, it's a lot of fun. RNG heavy. You get to choose between three characters, uh, Egon, uh, Peter, 
or Ray. Uh, the neat thing about that is as a speedrunner, you know, there's quite a bit of runners for it. And I took the time to reroute that as well for normal. I was working on easy, but normal is my main focus for GDQ. Um, is that like Egon is the weakest, but he's the fastest. So he's generally the fastest if, if the run goes well, because RNG can kill your run. So you got to have a good run. You got to execute it well in RNG, you know, with the boss fights, you, you know, it's, it's crazy. And then Ray is the safest speed run. I like Ray, but Ray, Ray's the safest because he's a tank. So it really suits your style of speed running. So if you're someone that rather, you don't really want to dodge too much and you rather just take force damage and shoot the enemies, that's the way to go. Bill Murray is the worst. He's too much in the middle. So while Ray like can take a bunch of damage, but he he's a lot he's the slowest, and while Egon is the fastest, but uh, he's the weakest in terms of health. So you got to be careful. Like you got to be very quick to dodge. Bill Bill Murray is just like kind of slow, like Ray, and just takes a lot of damage. It feels like like Egon. So watch him win the bid war. You know, Bill Murray. They even added his receding hairline and everything. It's beautiful. <laughs> so I was just about to ask that because one of the really really cool things. Not only did you get two games into agdq 2021 but if i'm right both of them have these bid wars right because i think resident evil has arranged mode either chris or jill and then with ghostbusters genesis as you just explained you have the three characters do you have what what do you want to win for both of these games i mean first of all it was just like it like went over my head because i was contacted about like the bid Mm. war thing and I'm like, yeah, yeah, because I'm always down for that kind of stuff. And then I was, I was like, okay, I think we might be getting Resident Evil in. And I saw the list, and I was like, Resident Evil Bid War, Ghostbusters Bid War Two. So it's like the unknowing of two games. Mm-hmm. If I had a pick for both games, yeah, yeah. oh, pff, easy. Um, I think in terms of safety, I think Ray would be a good choice for Ghostbusters. He is slower, but it's it's a chill run like you know what i mean mm-hmm. he can take the damage even the rng is bad he can work through it ray's awesome like that egon's not bad either but please not bill murray but who knows i mean you never, people you never might know. like bill murray you all know yeah, exactly people love bill murray so uh i like him too so i mean it's whatever i can make it work you know i'm confident because I, I have world record in all three categories mm. at the moment um Oh, easily Jill. Easily Jill. And that's okay. the thing. Jill always wins for OG. So OG's been ran like twice, I think. But here's the thing. OG's more about room lines and, you know, proper line, you know, and quick fires. And just really, it's it's there's not much RNG. It's a very straightforward run. Well, Jill Arrange is about everything. It's an adventure. Like, it, it really shows a range at its full potential. While Chris, his route's a little bit weird. And his any percent run is basically handgun knife only, just like OG. But the difference is OG, like original Chris, his route is way smoother and it's just a better run. So I prefer if I had a pick, just saying this not off topic too much, is that Chris OG Chris any percent is my uh is is my favorite Chris run to do. And then arrange Jill any percent is my favorite like mm. arrange run to do. So I think yeah, Chris Chris would be interesting, but it'd be tough like with Plant Forty Two and the knife and stuff like that. It's pretty much the same process. It still shows enough, but the route's a little bit more awkward and it's more backtracking. While Jill's route is really smooth and sh- more straightforward, that gives you more of the OG vibe. But it shows you know it it shows for the viewers' eyes they can be like. 
wow, this is they can really compare and be like because a lot of people seen OG Jill. That's she's one of the most popular Resident Evil speedruns for the first game, so they can see it and compare and be like, wow. Even if they run the game or they don't, or they just watch it, they're like, wow, this route's different. This is a lot different. It's something that they can connect and relate to more, and understanding how much different a range mode is compared to original. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah, Chris, yeah. they may not, they couldn't, you know, besides the route changes, they'd be like, okay, so it's another pistol knife run. But Jill's a lot different than that. She has to use her handgun. She has to use her bazooka. Sometimes she has to get the knife out because, you know, the RNG of like uh, certain bosses. So, yeah, it, 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 it takes you on quite the journey. So I would say, hands down, Jill arrange any percent. And I would say Ray. But I'd be fine with Egon as well. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. Well, let's let's wind things down. Let's get a few exit questions sure. as we're heading for the, the door here. One of the things I like to do in this uh, series of interviews is add a little connective tissue and get a question from my previous guest for my next guest and so forth. Uh, my previous guest was uh, Is Bullets, who, who I think also has multiple runs in, in, in GDQ. And uh, Bullets had this question for you. Uh, so, Try and follow this premise here. I'm going to try and uh, explain this as accurately as I can. Uh, Bullet said, describe your ideal speedrun. And that means a game that doesn't exist. But like, if you had the ultimate speedrun, you're going to describe it. But you have to do it in the way of a bad gaming article where everything is described in terms of other games. Meaning like, you know, the movement of this with like the glitches of this, or, you know, this other game, etc. So that is that is your question from Bullets, which is your ideal speed run, but described in terms of other runs. For example, the ones that you've done yourself. If you were to make a Frankenstein speed run of your, you know, of of your other games, that is a bit tricky of a one. <laughs> that's a bit tricky, but so that's why I was I was like, let me make sure I communicate this. Is your it's your ideal Frankenstein speed run? And you're describing it in like terms if I, of if, if I had to define a speed run to do, mm-hmm. like you're talking about one of my runs. Well, I, I'm or... saying I, I think it's it's more. I think the I, the intention of the question is is an exercise of imagination. So that I would so for example, if, if I did it, I would say something like the uh, you know the 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 movement of of Just Cause Three with the uh, you know the maybe the the door clips of Die Hard Nakatomi Plaza. Etc. You know, like just so. I think the idea is that you're mixing a few things. And you're saying this would be my ideal speed run if I mixed these things from other games. Oh, like put yeah, putting together a bunch of different things from mm. speed runs to make a one ultimate speed run. Yeah, for exactly. me. Yes. Okay, defining my games that yeah. I run. Okay. Um. Well, probably. Okay, give me a second. Because no, yeah, I run all. Okay. Obviously, you don't have to use every game, you know, just a few. Yeah, a few. I'm thinking of, like, the best ones going on the list. Mm-hmm. Something with the intensive music of, like, Jurassic Park, because those have some good tunes, with the animations and movements of Another World, with just the right amount of RNG that Resident Evil range mode has to offer. So I would say those three. That's a good answer. That's, that's yeah. I think I think that's the idea too. All right. Excellent. Now that does mean that I do need from you a question uh, for my next guest. 
You know the guest is a speedrunner. The question doesn't have to be about speedrunning and gaming. It could be, I've had questions about music before, stuff like that. But you know that the person who is receiving this question is a speedrunner. I will tell you who they are, but only after you give me the question. I can ask any question? You can ask any question. It's a question that I'm going to have to ask the speedrunner, the next guest on Overboost. Yeah, this is a pretty funny question because I'm desperate. I need someone else on the leaderboards. My question for this person is, would you ever be willing to speedrun young Indiana Jones for the Sega Genesis? See, this is going to be... I, I'm kind of glad to have a specific question for this because... Uh, let me um, let me I'm gonna I'm gonna DM you here. You you might not I don't know. So I haven't seen th- this person is a Twitch partner and they are going to be running at AGDQ. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. You know, I see. Okay. Do you know who that is? Uh, not aware fully. Okay. I'm gonna type in their claim. This is this is what they're doing at GDQ. It okay. is uh ah that's their speed run. <laughs> Yeah, look I mean, it up. If doing, yeah, if they're doing something <laughs> so, like that, I could see him doing a little bit of Young right? Indiana Jones. Yeah, so maybe maybe Young Indiana Jones, but like that. So, <laughs> well, I will reveal who that is. Uh, the next guest is soon enough. I'm really excited. They seem like a super nice person. Um, so that'll be that'll be for next time. Um, yeah. Sp- speaking of the future, now I know you mentioned that you, you know again your things retro. Uh, but we do live in an era where we're seeing a lot more games that do have that retro vibe. And so I still wanted to ask you, uh, are there upcoming games or releases that you are you're watching and excited to play? At the moment, I've kind of just uh, been focusing on like uh, the speed runs, just kind of cleaning up the games I've already learned and, you know, just kind of sticking with the retro stuff at the moment. As for anything exciting, um, I mean, it seems like a lot of neat stuff is uh, coming out, and uh, I think they've been doing a pretty good job, but my main focus right now, what I've been just so occupied with is just, you know, improving my skills at what I've already, because it's good to do these speed runs, and then, you know, as you improve in the future, eh, well, maybe I can go back and get even better at it so i just been kind of focusing and i've been in my own little speed run bubble of just trying to improve myself especially mm-hmm. with gdq coming up yeah, um yeah. so yeah that that's been kind of like my main thing um no well just, yeah yeah on that note then uh where should people be looking for you what are your accounts that people should should follow and subscribe to yeah, at the moment, uh, yeah, if you want to check out my Twitch channel, it's RetroBrando underscore at the end. And then on Twitter, it's just RetroBrando. And then same with YouTube, just RetroBrando. The only one that has the underscore is the Twitch name at the moment. So that's where you can mainly find me. Um, those, are lo- those are the main three for me. Yeah, I put my speedruns on there uh, on YouTube and then obviously Twitch for live streams. And then if, if the runs go well, we world record, we PB, they go to YouTube and then Twitter's just letting you know when I'm going live, what I'm playing, what I'm doing, just to kind of keep you in the loop. And of course, if you are watching on YouTube or listening on Spotify, iTunes, etc., you will be able to find all of those links in the description below, both the links to Retro Brando's accounts, as well as uh, the links to some of the videos that I watched, you know, the very good Another World, Jurassic Park, Resident Evil, Jill Range runs uh, that I watched in preparation for this. Retro Brando, thank you so much for giving me your time. Oh, no problem. It was my pleasure. I had I had a great time, man. This was fun.
Awesome. Now, I do need one more thing from you, though, before we properly end the episode of Overboost. Uh, that is, I'm going to use a, ca- uh, a cheesy catchphrase, like, let's boost on out of here. And when I say that, I need you to give me your best rocket engine noise. Okay, let's do All it. All right. Folks, okay. thank you so much for listening. Let's boost on out of here. Thank <laughs> you.